Thank you for joining us for today's podcast on culturally responsive and socially just assessment. Our guest today is Dr. Brian Bork, faculty member in the post-secondary education master's and P20 leadership doctoral programs at Murray State University. Brian, thanks for joining us today to talk a little bit more about your connection and thoughts around social justice and assessment. Um, But first, before we begin asking you some questions, can you introduce yourself for folks? Sure, Gavin, I'd be happy to, and thanks for having me on the podcast. So I'm Brian Burke. I'm an associate professor at Murray State University, and I teach both in our Master of Arts program in post-secondary education administration and in our Doctor of Education program in P20 and community leadership. Right. Thanks again for taking some time to talk with us today. But before, you know, as we get started, I'd like to really hear a little bit about how you got your interest in this topic and really the connection between social justice and assessment and really what got you thinking and writing about this topic. Sure. So I'm going to start on the social justice side. And that really stemmed a lot from my doctoral studies. Uh, So I did my doc program at the University of Alabama. And the way that the program was structured Uh, and is still structured, there's a built-in minor in social foundations of education. And through that, I got a lot of exposure to readings around diversity and multiculturalism and social justice, and began kind of thinking about how are those distinct, and how are they complementary to one another in in some different ways. And uh, while I was in my doc program, I was also engaged in assessment work and residence life where I was a practitioner. And so fast forward, I'm in my first faculty role, first full-time tenure-track faculty role at Louisiana State University and had in my teaching repertoire uh, assessments in higher education and student affairs. And so as I was developing that course, I drew initially upon the ACPA ASK standards. And because of my, my research interest in diversity and social justice, wanted to find ways to to integrate that into the courses that I taught. And I didn't really have a, a formal module or or anything like that in my course, but it's just something that, that we would revisit. And we had a social justice element within our program at LSU. And so it's, it was just part of the conversation that we had. And then when I transitioned to Murray State in 2014, uh, again, I, I took on the assessment course as part of my regular teaching repertoire. Um, but as I approached it here, I started to think more critically about that link with not just what are the skills that students need uh, coming out of an assessment course and coming out of a grad program, but thinking about the interconnections among multiple areas. So what are the connections between assessment and social justice? And so started to address that more formally. Uh, and as I've, and every year when I re- redesign and, and think through that course and what it should look like and, and what the learning goals are that, that I hope students are able to work toward, um, I've it worked to integrate perspectives on this link between social justice and assessment in much more direct ways for the students. Thanks, Brian. Boy, that's great to to listen to your sort of how you evolved into that space. And I think it's uh, it's good to to ponder how different people sort of arrive at this moment, and that a lot of us are arriving <laughs> there and talking to each other about it. Um, so you know, we've talked a little before about this in terms of historically 
what you see is the relationship between assessment and diversity, equity, and inclusion, but maybe even more specifically assessment and social justice. Like what's the overlap or the lack of overlap or, you know, especially in your reading and thinking, what, what do you see as that in the field? So as I've thought about that, that connection between assessment and social justice in the, the field of student affairs assessment, and I'm going to put it there very specifically as we try to think about student affairs assessment as its own distinct field within the broader umbrella of higher education slash student affairs. So within that specific realm of student affairs assessment, that connection is one that I think is, is emerging now. Um, as I think through the literature that's, again, directly in student affairs assessment, the, the initial writing on the field really wasn't addressing social justice. Uh, so, so much of that initial writing and, and some of that is still reflected in some of the current writing about assessment in student affairs. Uh, what I saw and continue to see is a thinking about assessment and its uses as a transactional space. So we need to have assessment so that we can make strong data-driven arguments for our budget proposal. We need to understand assessment and approach assessment in cogent ways so that we have an understanding of what students need. So, so thinking very specifically about the, those distinct uses of assessment. And like I said, it's it's been very recently that I've seen this conversation around this interconnection and intertwining between social justice and assessment come out in literature in our field. And by recent, I mean within the last two calendar years. Um, so for, for a broad field, thinking about the span of the last 20 years or so for student affairs assessment literature, um, we're, we're just now really getting into that conversation um, in formal ways through those published pieces. And kind of moving, continuing on with that, and, and you've talked a little bit, you alluded to this in your the answer to your, the first question, but can you talk a little bit about why this conversation and combining these two concepts is important? And I'd love to hear your perspective, both from as a faculty member um, who works with graduate students, but also as a faculty member who does research and scholarship, which really is meant to drive practice. So is it similar, is it different, the, you know, the reasons we wanna connect these concepts for practitioners and um, for graduate students? Uh, yeah, so I think to answer that question kind of simply, and then I'll say more, yes, I think the reasons are similar. And so this, the, the why I think it's important to bring social justice and assessment together is because, what I would hope is that assessment can provide us with some tools to really critically examine what's going on on our campuses. And then as we, as much as we're able, make connections to what's going on on other campuses through assessment. So through sharing uh, of reports, through sharing of data sets, um, and, and those other components that where we're able to get a sense of, of what's going on across higher education, or at least across some sectors of higher education in the United States. Assessment provi provides a tool and a vehicle to be able to do a couple of things. 
So first, it, it provides a, a regimented approach and a, a systematic approach to understanding what's going on on a campus. It gives us a means of critical examination of our policies and practices. And so if we look at assessment from that transactional piece of we need to be able to track attendance at events, uh, we need to have a sense of what students are learning, often those, those things are driven from external forces or, or, the, or, or the, the need for the, that type of assessment is driven from external forces. But if we think about the role of social justice being intertwined with assessment practice, hopefully that's being driven from a desire from within the institution, from the leadership. Uh, and, and by leadership, I don't simply mean the president or chancellor. I mean, across the board, the leadership of the institution uh, represented through shared governance, represented by all the faculty and staff as well. So if we think about how we can use assessment approaches or assessment practices to really dig in and understand where are the areas where students, faculty, and staff experience oppression? Where are the areas where students, faculty, and staff experience inequities? Uh, where are the areas where on the surface we think and, we, and it looks like things are great. It looks like folks are included if people have made significant efforts to do that including, but then when we talk about inclusion, the, the question comes up, well, who is, who is in the place to make those decisions to include? Where social justice ultimately gets at, at eliminating those any barriers so that it's not a matter of one person being able to, to have that power to include another, is that if there's when there's access to the institution, there's access to, to the full breadth of the experiences. So yeah, Brian, and you're you're kind of um, hit, hinting at or getting around to my next question, uh, which has to do with we we've, we've you've been talking about social justice and we've been using this term, but. I'd like to hear your thoughts. You, you just talked about um, a piece of maybe the definition of what that is, or um, you know, you've talked a little about the role of it with assessment, and you know, how do people either how do we know whether or not people are experiencing the inequities or the oppression, or where is that? But what other ways would you describe that to folks who may not be as familiar with that terminology? And I'm so glad that you asked me that question. Because one of my concerns is that we use the term social justice and we never talk about what that actually means. And so for me, when, when I think about social justice, it's there, there has to be an active component. And so social justice is about action and that action involves dismantling systems of oppression. And that action has to and through through those efforts to dismantle systems of oppression, we are chipping away at those barriers that people encounter. And some of those barriers are like a wall, and there's a door in the wall. And you know, if you know the secret knock, you're able to get through the door. If you don't know the secret knock, you're stuck on the outside. And sometimes you don't even know that there's a door because it's hidden in a back alley. And so 
addressing social justice means not only we're showing people that the door is there and that we're teaching them the knock is that ultimately we're eliminating that wall that has the door in it. And one of the definitions that I like uh, is from Bell. And it's, it's the idea that social justice is both a process and a goal. That the goal is the dismantling of those systems, but recognizing that it's an ongoing process to, to get us there. Uh, and, and, and if we think about it as a process, it means that there's continual work that has to be done, that it's not passive. We can't just say, hey, I'm all for social justice, but not actually do anything. And then kind of the second part of that, what's the role of assessment with social justice? It's about really think, looking critically at what we do with assessment and thinking about and taking action on how do we use what we learn from assessment in impactful ways to, for, number one, shed light on those systems of oppression. And sometimes that idea of systems of oppression sounds very big and sounds very nebulous. Um, but an example that I like to help students think through, particularly in my assessment courses, is let's think about policies and practices that we engage in and don't give them a second thought. What can we learn about maybe how students experience a particular process? And if we think about that process and the student experience through some critical lens, how can we use our our findings and our results to help shape a conversation to make that process more equitable? And Brian, I have a follow-up question related yeah. to this. Um, and it's, you kind of touched on a little bit in terms of the, the talking about the the activism piece to social justice. Um, but when, when we take a look at some of the other conversation, the other scholarship or writing regarding these concepts, other terms used are equity, inclusion, sometimes diversity, and all their, the, those connections to assessment. Can you talk a little bit about why you've intentionally chosen to use the term social justice rather than equity, inclusion, diversity, uh, multiculturalism, and some of the other terms that are out there? Sure. So when I think about, so I'll start with multiculturalism and diversity. Um, and I'm, I'm drawing on some work in the, the most recent edition, which is the fourth edition for readings for diversity and social justice. Uh, and there's a chapter by Adams and Zuniga. Um, I think I mispronounced that last name, but it's chapter six in the book, um, Core Concepts for Social Justice Education. And so, so the authors go through and, and help provide some clear distinctions. And, and I really like the way that, that this book is approached because they're, they're quick and easily, easy to digest uh, excerpts generally from, from larger works. So multiculturalism and diversity, if we think about how we all, we've often approached those in higher education and in graduate preparation as well, it's about recognizing and potentially celebrating our differences. So, so it's a recognition that there are differences and those differences may or may not, depending on how it's framed, be represented through socially constructed categories. And then we, we've kind of, then we started, so it, that's where we were in our discussion about difference for some time in the field. 
then we started to advance that a little bit and think about equity and inclusion and thinking about what that means is that okay equity has to be a goal uh, we we have to make sure that people have equitable opportunities and equitable access and we get to that equity by looking at how do we include folks who have been excluded um, and think about the, the the historical exclusion of certain groups uh, throughout higher education in the United States and what does that look like and so there's a little bit of thinking about in, in, for, in some perspectives how do we correct past wrongs and then kind of the next part and so this is kind of where I think about diversity and social justice being in a, on a continuum or on a spectrum um, so they're not necessarily ideas that are divorced from each other but they but they rest in a, a similar perspective and in some ways each one builds on the other and so then on the on the other end of the spectrum is social justice where social justice draws in this piece about yes there are material differences in people and those are we've constructed those based on these socially constructed categories largely around identity recognizing that isn't enough saying that we want equity that's nice but there's still this piece of somebody has power and someone does not and the person or the group whether knowingly or unknowingly has to wield that power to then make the decision to include those who have historically been excluded and so the social justice perspective is we have to for one shed the light on those power structures and the idea of of unearned privilege that is embedded within the ways in which power is mediated and then and this is where i think it gets tricky this idea of dismantling systems well if privilege is intertwined and intermixed with these oppressive systems that means that we need people with privilege to engage in the act of dismantling of the systems from which they've received benefit and, and that's at times becomes one of the, the tricky pieces is kind of the, the argument well how are you going to convince people to actively give their their privilege um, and so this is where I, I think there's some interesting and I guess interesting is the best word connections with critical race theory uh, I, I like to make the connection with interest con interest convergence from Derek Bell by thinking about in his writings um, saying that uh, white people would give up their what they what they think of in terms of their unearned privileges whether or not they um, cogn uh, um, cognitively uh, process that that they have those unearned privileges but they give up something um, or in their minds give up something so let's say agreeing that we need to have uh, civil rights so thinking back to the civil rights the, the right we might call the first wave of the civil rights movement in the 1950s and 60s uh, or some authors have categorized it in that way um, you would kind of the first label of allyship during that time um, so bell would say that that whites in the time 
would say, yes, we need to have civil rights, recognizing that other people having rights doesn't take away their rights. Um, and as long as their rights are not interfered with, they're a-okay. Or if they can see that, oh, I might actually gain from, let's say, affirmative action policies, um, then I'm okay with it. And, and so that, that's where I think some of these discussions of how do we actually put practices, they're put into practice and, and, and really engage in this work in a meaningful way because take dismantling systems is not an abstract thing. It's something that, that is about action, but it requires people who are in positions of power um, and not necessarily in the leadership structure, but um, in the, the societal pieces and, and that connection to social capital um, to let go, potentially let go of some of that unearned privilege. Thanks, Brian. That's really helpful. That I mean, I, I appreciate you taking each concept and kind of deconstructing a little bit, and then that really helps me um, understand why you intentionally chose that to use the term social justice. But they're all important concepts for us to to keep in mind. And, and the last question we have for you today is really kind of like, what's on the horizon? You know, how have you been putting this intersection between social justice and assessment into practice, either personally, professionally, on your campus, um, in your your research, um, in your classroom? Um, how have you been kind of using this? So something that I've been doing, so thinking about the, the scholarship that I engage in, more and more I'm trying to make sure that what I'm trying to publish and, and get out there has a, a, re, a relationship to what I teach. And I think in large part that's that's been part of what I've done uh, throughout my time as a faculty member since 2007 is try to have that connection between my scholarship and my teaching. And so in, in the ways that I do that, uh, I, I try to make sure, I, so it's not just about assigning the things that I publish to my students to read. Um, I've written some pieces that are, are basically reflections of experiences of a semester or thinking about over the last few years, this is what this conversation has looked like. And sometimes I name that directly. Uh, so. Uh, I wrote a piece um, in research and practice and assessment where I, I went into kind of a deep dive of here's something I did this semester and here's kind of, here are my reflections on it. And, and then sometimes I'm not quite as direct in saying that this article represents a reflection of my teaching experience. Uh, but as I'm approaching that writing, um, that that's what I'm doing. And so I try to really think critically what are those connections and, and make sure that the, the two are connected in in key ways as i really i try to reach out to folks on our campus here at murray state around assessment a lot and there are challenges that come with that and, and it's not a murray state thing i've met these challenges at each institution where i've worked as and that so often approaches to assessment are based on what's required by our regional accrediting body or what is the president's office saying that we need to do now uh, and, and so sometimes i try to when i'm having conversations with folks who work on campus and some of our departments I, I try to sneak in some of these conversations and and i've learned that sometimes assessment is a dirty word um, so if i sneak in this this conversation of so what, what are we learning about 
barriers our students are facing. And, and just phrase it like that and see what folks say. And then that hopefully opens up opportunities to have some follow-up questions and follow-up dialogue. Uh, and I think that's one of the challenges sometimes with, with trying to have conversations around social justice as well, is that sometimes social justice is treated as a dirty word. Um, I, I've certainly had the label of social justice warrior thrown out at me and it was not a compliment, intended as a compliment. Uh, and so looking for ways to have these conversations and sometimes having them in more subtle ways. Uh, and, and so that's kind of what I'm, I've tried, how I'm trying to integrate assessment and social justice and, and ball them up together in, in, in order to infuse them into my practice. Brian, thank you so much. I was just thinking, um, I have an MFA in creative writing, and so I'm always thinking about language and words matter. So I appreciate at the beginning when you talked about um, how often assessment is seen as a transactional piece. And I think that's what you were alluding to at the end too, with yeah. the idea that, you know, we have to do X and Y and Z, and those are important activities. And we do need to know, understand the things that our accreditors and others, I mean, those are, they do raise important questions, but they're not the only questions. And um, it, it strikes me that uh, two words that sprung into my mind, one was transformational, that when you make this leap or this link between social justice and and assessment that there can be a more transformational approach um, to both our assessment practices and and hopefully to student experiences and our experiences on campus and also at the end when you said some of what you're doing is very overt but you have sort of a stealth approach to both assessment and social justice sometimes and and that's maybe a, maybe that's a culturally responsive approach that you're taking um, yeah, for I, that I conversation. Think, I think, yeah, I think culturally being culturally responsive is a good way to couch that. Great. Well, I know I've appreciated um, learning from you today and, and hearing what your thinking is. And um, we, Gavin and I um, are just really excited that we, you know, you took some time to talk with us today. And we're going to be sure to follow, uh, you know, your research and your writing and uh, continue in conversations with you. So thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks, thank Brian. you to Thank you to both of you. This has been a wonderful conversation. Great. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.